0: If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. It's presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app, by far the best sportsbook app out there. We love it. Every bet you ever hear, every line, everything comes to us via the good folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can follow them on social at DraftKings, at DK Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Now I got a bunch of media gigs. I'll be on the sideline, whatever that means, for Sunday's AFC Championship game. Really looking forward to it. Make sure, if you didn't already, that you sign up to get our newsletter. It's not even monthly. It's like quarterly, if that sending an email out on Thursday with a new show where you can ask us questions on YouTube live on video, which is cool, as well as a little funny story about what I got going on on Sunday. So make sure you go to the homepage at rossucker.com. throw your email address in there. Like I said, it's maybe one email every three months. It's not a lot, I promise. Only when we got something interesting or important To tell you, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are always on YouTube. It's great to get a chance to see what Steve looks like. It's awesome for the social media clips, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you are a patron, we're having a happy hour, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, virtual happy hour for people that are patrons at patreon.com slash RT Media. We will send you the Zoom link on our private Slack channel. So all kinds of good things going on. Really looking forward to it. Again, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. He is at Fezzik Sports. He is the man with the math and the man with the plan. The only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football betting, the Super Contest, out there at the Westgate Casino. And Steve... You nailed it with that parlay breakdown last week. It's interesting. Some guy replied to that tweet, Steve, and said, you should never bet a parlay.
1: You know, it's interesting because we we learned this like in logic class, right, where the answer can never be never or always because there are always exceptions to the rule. So to that person saying, um, you should never parlay. I want to thank him and Las Vegas for feeling that way. Cause that was always the feeling. Oh, these um, parlay bets are sucker bets. And that was the prevailing feeling in Vegas. And I can tell you, I made a living for 10 years, a nice living playing parlay cards. Cause everyone said, Oh, those are sucker bets. And they were the greatest bets that were possible at the time. You could play a 16 parlay, pay 54 for one playing stale lines on parlay cards where you were playing things like the Cleveland Browns plus 10 and a half when the line had moved to eight on game day and just crushed books because of that prevailing wisdom that was wrong, that parlays are always bad. Now, in truth, parlays in general are bad because the house on most parlays takes more vigorous. So the general better should avoid them, but there's certainly situations where parlays have great advantage. Another example, if they let you parlay a college football uh, Alabama's play in Tennessee and Alabama's lay in 24, and the first half totals 28. Obviously, if you can lay minus 24, parlay to over 28 in the first half, that's a damn good bet. Most books won't
0: let you bet bets like that, but they used to like 15 years ago. Got it. Um, love this show. Uh, sad that we only have three games left. We will break down how we did in the divisional round. We'll break down the conference championship games, our bets for the conference championship games. And and now is what I think is fun, Steve. We actually have time to get to some of your email questions, which is always awesome. Take advantage of any of our sponsors or just sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook or the DraftKings DFS app. Send me an email, ross at rosstucker.com. I guarantee to read and have Steve respond to your question here on the show. And then we get into... Futures bets, the NFL draft bets. We have other guests on that come on with their philosophies, their futures bets. It gets really fun in the offseason if you want to learn. if You're not just looking for picks and you want to learn how to be a better, 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 say that five times fast, a better, better overall, better bettor overall, then you definitely want to listen all year round. Let's start, though, with last week, Steve. Like we always do. All of these lines come to us via the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We love them. We use them. Let's start with the Rams and the Packers. The Packers were laying six and a half. The total was 46. So it hit the over and the Rams won. I'm sorry, the Packers, you know, were the right side. We had, or I had, you know, we did, didn't we? Yeah. We teased the Packers down to minus half a point, Steve, which was obviously a very good bet as they took care of business.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, money came in on the Packers, went up to seven on game day. And I really think this was about, boy, did that Packer offense click. We were worried about the ability of the Rams to be able to score in this game. But – Green Bay did not win this game with their defense. It was that offense against that vaunted Rams D. All right, Aaron Donald was a non-factor, but multi-dimensional, running for almost 200, passing for almost 300. That was impressive by Rodgers and company on offense.
0: Really was. By the way, um, Steve, you should check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. I had Dan Orlovsky on. And I thought he made a lot of really good points. But the point he made about golf is, which I thought was great, is that golf doesn't give you any bonus or extra or positive plays outside of structure like you'll see from Josh Allen or Mahomes or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But then he does give you, when he's turning the football over, some negative plays that – So, his whole point was, in today's NFL, if you're not a guy that gives you sort of the extra credit plays, the bonus plays, the positive plays, you can't be a guy that's giving you negative plays. So, the best guys right now, Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, they're giving you several bonus plays that you're not expecting, and they're really not doing very many negative plays. But even if they did have a few negative plays, that kind of evens out. Golf doesn't really give you anything bonus or extra outside of the structure of the offense. But he did have some weeks and games where he was turning it over and giving you negative. So if you look at the ledger, there's no extra positives, but there are negatives. That's that as, as as they say, that math don't work, Steve. Yeah, and that's really the weakness of a quarterback that doesn't have that dynamic
1: running ability, right, that you're just never going to run for that, you know, third and 13. And just to use an example, like we'll look at Chad Henney, and I know he didn't get the first down, but he ran for about 13 yards on third and 14, and then they got the fourth and one. I never see Goff do that. So to your point, and I do see Goff, you know, ricocheting the ball off the O-lineman's helmet, for an interception all the time, making bad plays that kill his team.
0: Let's get to the Ravens and the Bills. This ended up being the only game that I was on the wrong side of, and you and I lost our best bet as a result. What a killer, Steve. I mean, you know, final score was 17-3. to 3. The Bills were laying 2.5. The total was 50.5. It went way under. And, by the way, I hope you saw when I tweeted a picture at Ross Tucker NFL of the flurries and the flags with the gusty wind. I tagged you on that Twitter post. I tagged you so that you saw it. I, now, listen, I didn't know if it was enough, Steve, to be a 17-3 game. But it was windy, man. I mean, those wind gusts were legit, which is why I tagged you on the tweet People replied. Some of our listeners replied. Make sure you tell Fezzik, Make sure you tell Fezzik because of that snow game from back in the day. But this this sucked, man. I should we should I should have had a perfect weekend. This was kind of an even game, even with the Ravens having the double doinks, the two doink kicks. You know the stupid roughing the passer. Their false starts. The bad snaps. It really came down to that one play. I mean, it really came down. It was going to be a tie game, 10-10, or maybe 10-6, and we're still inside the eight and a half that we teased it up to. And then you get a 101-yard pick six, Steve. Absolutely. Like, the only thing we couldn't have had happen to probably still cover that game.
1: Yeah, when you get a 10-point turnaround like that on one play – and you're playing a teaser where you're getting six extra points, you do the math, uh, that's going to go ahead and do you in. No favors from Justin Tucker. No holiday basket for him this year. Um, And even with all that, if Jackson doesn't get knocked out of the game, I still think we got a decent chance to get in the back door instead of having to rely on Unley. So um, just uh, I think a good bet that went wrong. We won the yardage 340 to 220. If you told me Buffalo was only going to get 220 yards, Uh, I would have bet my house on the teaser at plus eight and a half.
0: Wow. That's a great point. I didn't even look at the total yardage after the game, Steve. That's a great point. Uh, And we'll get into when we're making the picks for the conference championship, how much that concerns you, if at all, for the bills moving forward against the Kansas city chiefs. So that stunk um, clearly. So we lost our two unit, two team teaser bet. Because of that Bill's Ravens score, unfortunately, um what's I going to say about that game? Oh, yeah, and you said ten point swing theoretically, it could have been fourteen you know if if the the play before nobody was even covering Hollywood Brown, nobody was covering him, and Jackson missed him. I don't know if he's ever going to throw it well enough for them to win four playoff games in a row. I, I just don't know if he's ever going to consistently. Throw it well, that they win four playoff games in a row against Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever. Um, It's going to be tough. Let's get to Browns Chiefs. Now, I might have been fortuitous here, Steve. I had the Browns getting 10, which is what the number was at DraftKings last Tuesday when we did this. The total was 56. Now, this line I think came down to what, eight, eight and a half? Yeah, eight was the
1: closing number.
0: No real injuries or information, just betters pounding on Cleveland. Yeah, so I, I got uh, very much the better of the number there. It didn't ultimately matter. The Browns end up losing 22-17. Here's my question. I got a bunch of questions for you on this game. Number one, do you think the Browns would have covered if Mahomes doesn't get hurt? No. Why do you? Think- Because Henny Henny played well other than that one throw. That one throw was horrific, and
1: Kansas City didn't punt the entire game. So uh, with Mahomes, the field goal in the second half turns into a touchdown, and the last drive turns into a field goal, if you will. Um, And the bottom line is Cleveland did play well enough to cover, but not after they gave away the seven points at the end of the first half with the pylon fumble. To which I want to address, every player in the NFL, and this is on coaching, you come in, if it's first down, you can never reach for the pylon or second down. It's too risky. Fumble out of the end zone. On fourth down, you have to do it. Third down, you should do it. So you can risk the fumble. Same on the goal line. You reach the ball over like when Drew Brees had fourth and one against the Bears, he reached the ball out. That's, That's proper. So a high IQ football player can understand that but you have to be a high IQ football player. If you're not a high IQ football player, the coach has to say, look, you're just not able to adjust. You're not allowed to reach for the pylon ever, ever. So in that on that play, obviously a huge mistake to fumble it out of the end zone, but you should only be reaching for that pylon if you are aware of the situations and the like. How many times do we see that, Ross, that
0: guys fumble out of the end zone on a long pass play and it's totally unnecessary? You know, it happens a decent amount. It, it really does. And Stefanski said after the game, we tell them not to do that. It should have been first and goal. We tell them not to do that unless it's fourth down. Like he, he said, the, we, we tell them that often. So that sounds good when you catch the ball and you're running fast and you think you're about to score a touchdown. And you know, it's interesting that what players don't do that they should do all the time I'm not talking about a
1: quarterback here who could get injured, but why don't like running backs, especially backup running backs, when they're going out of bounds, they should dive for like they should pretend there's a pylon two yards further along because you're not going to ever fumble it and 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 lose the ball. It's just going to go out of bounds. So why not reach out and pick up an extra half, one and a half or two yards if you're a guy
0: that's barely in the NFL as is? I guess you know higher chance of injury. It's a higher risk play. Yeah, that's interesting. So anyway, I got two units there as the Browns uh, covered the 10. What did you think, by the way, about the Browns punting it on third and nine, as well as Andy Reid going for it and throwing the ball with Henny on fourth and inches? I thought the punt on third and nine was proper. The Browns had just had seven
1: plays that they picked up 12 yards on. Um, And because Henny was in instead of Mahomes, I said, you probably should punt here um if the browns had been down three i would have gone for it because you need to stop anyway so what do you care that you put kansas city in in field goal range because if you're down three or six there's not much of a difference but because they're down five it's a big difference between being down five and being down eight so i was fine with them punting i tell you what i loved the fourth and one call for kansas city this is one of those ones where the analytics people are going to say it's too close to call and it really comes down to do you think you got a good play that you can pick up that first down? And brilliant to pretend like, oh, are we really going for it or not? And the defense is expecting us to run. But it's fourth down. The clock's going to stop regardless if we get stuffed. So
0: throw the ball. Brilliant play call. Finally, Bucks Saints. I had the Bucks getting three. They win the game outright by 10, 30 to 20. Turnover City by the New Orleans Saints that was the difference in the game. For the week, I was up two units. Steve, you only made one bet. It was that two team teaser. You were down two units. So for the year, this is kind of crazy. You're up five units. I'm up four units. So there we are, man. It it is tight between us and we're barely in the black. We're barely in the uh, in the money. So We've got to have a big couple of weeks here. Let's dive into Conference Championship Sunday presented by DraftKings. Go ahead, Bright. All right, Ross.
1: 3.05 p.m. Eastern time, the NFC Championship game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting three and a half points at the Green Bay Packers with a total of 50 and a half.
0: Right. So I, I, I like the Bucs. I, I like the three and a half. I feel like you're getting a good number when you get three and a half. I know it started off at four and a half. I get it. So I'm not getting the better of the number, but I I think this is a toss up game. I I lean green Bay to win it. And if it was less than three, I'd probably go with green Bay, but three and a half. I just, I feel like this game is going to come down to a field goal at the end. I feel like the game comes down to a field goal at the end. I'll go uh, two units, Tampa Bay getting the three and a half.
1: So if there's one consistent theme I've seen this year is that these teams in good weather, warm weather teams going North have not done well. We saw that earlier in the year, like when Houston went to Chicago and just got crushed and we saw the Rams struggle against the Packers. Now i got a team from Tampa Bay fifth road game in six weeks going to the elements with snow flurries in green Bay and a green Bay offense. is absolutely clicking. I expect Green Bay will continue to have success on offense, and I don't think Tom Brady and company are going to do as well, especially considering Mike Evans looks like he's not close to 100%, and Antonio Brown hurt his knee. I don't even know if he can play. So now it's Godwin, and all of a sudden, Tampa Bay having the best wide receivers in the league no longer applies. I'm waiting for it to go to three. I saw it just went to three at a book in Vegas. As soon as this podcast ends, I'm driving to the south point. I'm going to lay three. Anything else, Ross, or are you going to move on?
0: No, we get the next game.
1: All right. It's obviously the AFC Championship game. It's Buffalo. It's Kansas City. Bill's getting two and a half points in uh, Arrowhead with a total of 53, Steve. Yeah, so this is one that the line's two and a half to three. I can't bet this game because I'm not certain Mahomes is going to play. And if Mahomes plays, I'm not certain he's going to be 100%. Obviously, he's got the concussion issue. You know, you also hurt his toe. Before that. So now I got two injuries I got to worry about and the unknown surrounding it. I guess I should bet the Bills because my numbers with a healthy Mahomes only make this game three. So it's almost a free roll if Mahomes doesn't play or if he's not 100%. But I can't do it because I don't like what I saw out of the Bills at all in these playoffs. I saw Indy move the ball up and down the field, have an opportunity to win. And then Phillip Rivers does what he does in so many high leverage situations. And then I saw the Bills absolutely struggled to move the ball. You know, this injury to Moss, Moss is, has become their number one running back, Singletary number two, but they're close. But Moss was the better back. The fact that the Bills didn't even try to run, 16 carries, 32 yards last week, I think that's a big deal. As the weather gets worse, to um, and it was bad with the wins in Baltimore, uh, against Baltimore, the fact they couldn't even try to run in those wins, I think that's a big, big deal. So because of that,
0: I'm going to pass this game. I think it's tough to bet this game right now. I do think Mahomes will play. My lean, and obviously you have a lean to Green Bay in the first one, Steve. Uh, My lean would be Kansas City minus the two and a half because I do think Mahomes plays and you're getting less than a field goal. But I'm not not getting burned on that. I'm not getting burned in the chance he doesn't. I mean, because if he doesn't play – then that's a really, really bad number. So it's just a lean to the Chiefs minus the two and a half based on the fact I do think Mahomes will play. And if he does play, I like the Chiefs to win a close game. But that unknown is too much for me. So it's just just a lean to the minus two and a half for Kansas City. Before we get to an email question, Steve, I do want to ask you, I know we talk a lot about bet sizing and knowing how many units to put on it, stuff like that. Last week, you were so good with the math on the parlays. What should we know about in terms of bet sizing for the conference championship games, the Super Bowl, or just any time? So anytime, just in general, in terms of bet sizing, and this is a heated debate. Some people feel you should bet
1: the same on every single bet you make. Other people... Most professionals, and I agree with the most professionals, you should widely vary your bet sizing. And frankly, it's obvious that about once a month, I get a bet that's like, I can't believe they're letting me bet this, it's so good. And I bet 20 times my normal bet size. You brought up great examples, Ross, where you you know, being in person for games, getting the, the one snow game where it was a lake effect snow coming in for the Indie Buffalo game. And it was clear that the total just needed to be a good 7, 10, 14 points lower because that forecast was was not – the weather was not forecasted to be nearly that bad. And this past week, same thing happened. The winds were so much greater in Buffalo than what was predicted. And so we saw that total drop from 50.5 to 49.5. Should have been much lower. Probably the poster child, though, is news breaking information. Andrew Luck retires. Indianapolis Colts' season win number was 10 with Jacoby Percent you had about 10 minutes to bet that. If you normally bet $100 on, as your typical bet, and you get that news and you can play under 10, bet $10,000, because you know what? Season, the season win number is gonna drop down to seven and a half, and then you can figure out what to do with it later um, in terms of scalping, arbitrage, etc. cetera. So anyone tells you, hey, the pros bet the same on each and every game, that's absolutely not the case. Now, if you're a novice, it's probably a good idea to bet the same on every game, because you're probably not able to distinguish between really good bets and not so good bets. So that's why as a basic strategy, similar to blackjack,
0: if you're not a very good blackjack player, bet the same on every hand, the, the table minimum, because you're playing at a disadvantage. Absolutely love that, Steve. And I'm looking at some of the email questions we have for future weeks. This is going to be awesome. I mean, every week I feel like the, the guy next week is already talking about when to try to middle a bet. So keep that in mind, Steve, for next week. That'll be one of our questions. Next week, I can't remember how we normally do it, right? We normally talk about the Super Bowl futures and stuff and the Super Bowl. I think next week we usually do the game, and then the week after we do the props or vice versa. We'll have to to figure that out. Because I know one week we devote mainly to the props and the ancillary bets. The other week is primarily the stuff that's actually in the game. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, second week we do the props because the
1: props – only start coming out late in the first week of the two-week Super Bowl
0: cycle. So we'll be taping on Tuesday, so the props won't be out yet, so we can't release them yet. Love it. Please check out that man on social media, at Fezzik Sports. He is the man with the math. Absolutely every week I I take notes on something that he says. A lot of times we post it to social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always check out the entire show on YouTube, youtube youtube.com slash Ross Tucker nfl hopefully i'll get a chance to see some of you guys at the happy hour friday night patreon.com slash rt media and that some of you get to ask us some questions live on the show if you go ahead and take advantage of the email that we're sending out on thursday and it, it relates to our youtube.com slash Tucker nfl show other than that good luck everybody hope you guys win some money